Hello, Texans. Welcome to the program here in the Hyundai Texans radio studio at NRG Stadium. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you as we've got a big one for you tonight talking about quarterbacks. I watched tape. We'll discuss this. Also coming up a little bit later on, Garrett Wallow, Drew Doherty visited with him at an event this week. Star test kickoff for Toro and company. The Houston Texans organization big on getting the kiddies ready for that. Kiddies or kiddos? I don't know. We'll go with either one. Either one. And Big Sarge, who works for USA Today, among other things, Big Sarge Sports with a Z on Twitter, and we'll visit with him. So, Johnny, I watched tape <laughs> middle of the night. I felt like you a little bit here. Uh, I wasn't going all 22 and yeah, the whole yeah. thing and the end zone view versus the sideline view. I was just doing Vander watching which means I'm watching highlights, basically. But I've seen... It's like a charcuterie board. Yeah, I've seen these guys play, Yeah, but I really went in a much deeper mode to examine the skills of the draftable quarterbacks for the Houston Texans and anybody else who might be interested in drafting them. It was a thunderstorm. It was the middle of the night. Man, I looked at oh. that sucker on the radar, Johnny. I thought oh, this man. was going to be the Memorial Day flood all over again because it was similar, this line of storms that just keeps coming up from the, what, southwest, mm -hmm. and it just keeps coming up right through the alley there, right up the coast. I'm telling you, there was a bolt of lightning that generated I – mean, it shook my house. And my after it hit, my son and I looked at each other – and it sounded like an explosion right next mm. door. Yeah. And he said, Dad, that's got to be within 100 feet. And I, it probably was. It probably was within 100 feet. And it was, I mean, it scared the fool out of me. It was so scary, I didn't move. I just, I, did, I didn't do anything because I didn't know what to do. But power stayed on. But power stayed on yeah. somehow. And we were watching, we were watching Friends uh, on HBO Max and Very just watching nice. that. And it didn't interrupt Internet anything. stayed on. Power stayed yeah. on. That's big. I once got struck. I think it was the neighbor. It was very close to my house. You could feel it. It yeah. was so powerful, yeah. and it fried all the TVs. Ooh. All the TVs just oh, got fried. Man. There was no way of fixing them. You had to get new TVs. There was four TVs in a house. Oh, so yeah. that was a rather costly replacement. And people are thinking, oh, four TVs, Vandermeer. Look, you have a lot of screens in your house mm -hmm. these days. Yep. When I grew up, <gasps> we had one TV, and then my mom got one for for the bedroom, right? Yeah, that was, and that was it. Two TVs in the house. We had well, and I'll use our old house as, as an example. We had one in the living room. We had a smaller one in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you where I love to have a TV. I love it. We had one in the kitchen. Oh, that's nice. We've had one in the kitchen for a long time. Just a little twenty-four yeah, inch. Cool. But having it, it's it's awesome because you get in there and you you yeah. cook. Like there'll be days where we had uh, home games, and so Saturday. I would just get in there. I would cook meals for Jack because my wife and daughter are out in L.A. So I would cook meals for my son all day and just watch games yeah. on the TV right the there. It great. was great. So You can yeah, watch so the Masters today. See, oh, yeah. there's that. Brooks and Kepka. tomorrow. Killing it. Uh, Brooks Kepka. Please stop with okay, these live guys. What's going to happen if a live guy wins this thing? You know uh, golf better than I do. It, it's going to be good for live. It's going to be a talking point. There's no doubt. I'm sure the PGA does not want to see this happen. <laughs> so we'll see how it plays out over the weekend. A lot of things can happen between now and Sunday afternoon. It's the Masters. We've seen a lot of wacky things happen. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping a live guy doesn't win it. Why are you so against live? Listen, I just. I hate throwing money at the situation when it doesn't even have a sound business plan. The business plan is just to park Brinks trucks in front of people's houses. But uh, good for Kepka to have a nice round on Friday because mm -hmm. we saw the Netflix show and he was having a meltdown. And it, oh, it, it proved bad. that you could have everything at your disposal. 
wonderful house, smoking hot wife, more money than you know what to do with, but be miserable, which is what he was in that Netflix hour where they mm-hmm. featured him on that. What is it? The uh, uh, full swing, full, full swing? swing, full swing. I always forget the title. There's of another. That golf there's show. another half of the season. Come no, no, no. They're done with theirs. Tennis has got another half a season coming. Breakpoint because Breakpoint. They. Yeah. I was so intrigued by both of them because I've played team sports my whole life. Yeah. So I always had a teammate. I would go out there in basketball with four other guys. I'd go in baseball with eight other guys. I would go out in football with ten other guys. I was always in team sports. So the mentality to me was so different for an individual sport. And yeah. there was one of the one of the tennis players, one of the high-ranking females, I can't remember her name, the interaction between her and her coaches and her her manager or whatever during a match was fantastic. It was it was crazy. You're I'm not just supposed this. to do anything. I know, but it was just she would talk out as if she was just talking out, but she was actually talking to, to them. them. Um, Nick Kyrgios is kind of the same way, and they cut off at the midpoint where they're just about to go to Wimbledon. So I was fascinated because he goes to Australia. He goes to Australian Open in 22. And he's, they're like, well, how are you going to do? He's like, I haven't played in six months. I don't know. I have no idea. Mm. And he's from Australia. And yeah. they kept asking, like, I don't know. And he ends up winning the doubles. But he went out in the, the singles in the second round. Well, then they go to Wimbledon. And I can only imagine because he gets to the finals of Wimbledon. So I can't wait to see that one. But those two shows going behind the scenes mm. of individuals, it's fascinating. Nobody cares about doubles. Nobody cares. I cared no, when McEnroe no. played doubles with Peter Fleming. That was cool yeah. stuff. That was way back in the day, folks. Kids, there was a top. Never mind. Doubles We're not going to talk exciting, about that. Though. Doubles is really oh, exciting. Oh, yeah. And look, just, that's yeah, what they play just, in the clubs. You know, that's what the tennis ladies play. I, I know, know this because I'm heavily related to mm-hmm. one who lives yeah. in my house. All right. Let's Good get into her. this. Good for, Good for her, her yes. indeed. Uh, by the way, as far as that Netflix stuff goes, uh, that Sky, what is it called again? The NFL partnered up with Skydance. Yeah, to yeah, create yeah. all this extra programming, <gasps> hard knocks type stuff, oh, but they're going to go a level beyond. They're going to have scripted entertainment. Skydance came up with Top Gun, Maverick, yeah, and yeah, a whole yeah. bunch of other stuff. The Nike movie, they did that. The new one with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Oh, I'm going to it Sunday night. Going to it Sunday night with my oh, cool. my son. Yeah, my wife got me. I pick gift cards for. You don't want to um, go see the Mario movie because that's what my son saw yesterday. No, I, I actually I wouldn't mind seeing it. You would see the uh, Mario movie? Heck yeah, I'd see the Mario movie. I had to pay my teenage son to take him. I, I, <laughs> Listen, I'm not seeing the Mario movie. I will pay you to take him. I do not want to sit in a theater. I'd want to go see it, but I'd be okay. Yeah, I'd be okay, but I definitely want to see the uh, Air movie. But there is it. uh, Was it Netflix that's got the the quarterback show with Mahomes? Yes, Mariota and Cousins. It's Cousins. Yes, those. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, that's going to be great. I can't wait to see that. We all want to see this stuff, this inside stuff about sports. It's very compelling, but I'd rather see the games, to be honest with you. And that's what I did. I watched tape last night. Boy, have we got all around here. But Johnny, I'm going to say this. The top five quarterbacks in this draft, I'm going to say in no particular order, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Hendon Hooker, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. Okay. I really feel this way. These are my takes, okay? Mm -hmm. How hot is this take? Okay. Any one of these guys could be the best guy. <laughs> Any one of these guys could be the best guy. I'm not saying that you're not going to project one above the other or whatever. However you evaluate that's, them. That's ice cube hot. Any one of these guys. Really? That's ice cube hot? That's, that's not even hot. hot. All yeah. right. How about this? Two of the five will be successful. Three yeah, will I, not. I Is that a pretty good percentage? I think 40% that's pretty good. of yeah. the top five 
will be successful. I'll still give you two sizzle fires because there would be some that argue if you look at the the past history. Because I, I know a lot of people are like, well, if you go back to 83, and I know Sean and Seth were talking about it this morning, and they weren't doing this, but you really have to make your comparison in the most recent time, within the most, like, five to seven years as best you can. Because a lot of people go back to, well, 2011, they did this. Well, yeah, um, you know, 2011, there were certain ways of playing the game. There weren't, there weren't quarterbacks that were as mobile. There weren't quarterbacks being taken that were small. Right back in even 2011, so you can only go back so far when you're, you know, doing comparisons. But I feel like that's the case. Mm. I feel like two of them. But if you look at, there was only one in the first round last year. 2021. How many do we have? Five. Uh, we had five. Yeah. Jury still out on uh, all of them, really. But jury still out on Justin Fields. I think the book has been written on Zach Wilson, Mac Jones. I mean, there's been talk about this organization with. Mac Jones in a trade. Have you not heard this? I've heard everything. Yeah, Look, I don't believe it. I don't many, believe that, but it, whatever. Again, the longer it takes to get to the draft, the more talk we're going to get, the more I'm going to talk myself into, you know, drafting Jake Hayner as the number one guy, okay? <laughs> the, the more you I might wait, be the only person in Houston happy with that one, if that happens. Well, I like him, actually. I, I think he could be the Kirk Cousins of this draft, but I don't think he'll go that low. I think he'll go higher. He'll go top three rounds, and he might make somebody very happy, mm -hmm. especially a team where you don't have to play him. Yep. He sits, watches, waits. Somebody gets hurt. He plays. Oh, my gosh. He's way better than we thought. Maybe he should have been drafted a lot higher, like Mr. Irrelevant last year, Brock Purdy. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Will Levis, to me, if I had to rank them, I'd probably put Levis last, mm -hmm. uh, which doesn't mean he's a bad quarterback, but I think that even he could be the best guy in the group, could be. I'm not saying he will be, could be the best guy in the group with the right situation. Fit, coaching staff, supporting cast, it's all very important when you're drafting a quarterback, when you're projecting how good that quarterback's going to be. But I get it about Levis. I looked at him closely. I get it. I understand the hype. I understand all that. I just think the other four have a lot more to offer. Now, I know people are listening thinking, well, Hendon Hooker's got the knee. Don't be a victim or... <laughs> a subject of knee surgery discrimination, yeah. okay? There's healthy knee supremacy going on here, and there's <laughs> knee surgery. healthy knee supremacy? Yes, and there's knee surgery <laughs> discrimination. <laughs> Don't do it, because okay. Hooker will probably make oh, it to boy. the starting line opening day. If he doesn't, he'll be ready soon enough, and I'm not even talking myself into him as a Texans quarterback, but as an NFL top prospect, go look at the tape, folks. I would take Hendon Hooker and be very happy. And I'm not saying the Texans should do that necessarily because I know there are other factors involved, Johnny. But I'm at peace right now after watching these guys very closely, a lot of action from all these top five quarterbacks. I'm at peace with whatever they decide to do because I could talk myself into any one of these guys. I could say, oh, Bryce Young, look at that. He processes what's going on at the line of scrimmage so well. He anticipates so well. You did a terrific video breakdown of him. Look at the way he scrambles. Look at the way he has command of the offense. Look at the way he just wins games, flat out does it, whatever it takes. I love all that. Great. C.J. Stroud, look at the Georgia game. Look how he throws the deep mm -hmm. ball. He scrambles too. My gosh, people say he can't run. Of course he can run. He's got a great arm. He's got the size. He's got everything you're looking for. We've talked a lot about those two guys. Anthony Richardson, mm -hmm. I get why some people thought and they were trying to talk themselves into him being the number one overall pick. Like maybe the Panthers moved up so they could take Anthony Richardson because he's a once-in-a-lifetime prospect. I don't think he's a once-in-a-lifetime prospect, but I understand why people are drooling over this guy because it's like 
Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson had a baby or something. <laughs> the way he can run, the arm is there. I know the accuracy questions, but you pointed out last night, you get a few throwaways in a game, and it just skews everything. And not that you're apologizing for his completion percentage, correct? but a lot of this is correctable. If he has that drive, that ethic to improve, he can really get better in that department, just as Josh Allen did. Now I'm using the Josh Allen card to justify Anthony Richardson. Correct. But no, I get it. Just look at him play, man. Mm-hmm. Look at the pump fakes and then the quickness, the twitch he has in the pocket, even to set himself up to throw the twitch he has, the size. And when he does run, watch out. It is electric stuff. I love him. I can If the Texans end up taking Anthony Richardson somehow, some way, I'll talk myself into that, no problem. I think everybody should be really excited. I could get excited about any of these guys, and I don't think there's anybody who's head and shoulders above the rest. I really don't. I, again, think you can talk yourself into that, but me, professional quarterback evaluator, voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer, I don't really understand why you would rate one so high above the others. And as it is, C.J. Stratton, Bryce Young, people are talking themselves into one or the other, right? And then the other three are sort of a debate. I've heard this. Um, I've heard this said about Anthony Richardson. Um, he's kind of like a scratch-off lottery ticket. Maybe it was Seth who first said it. I don't know, but it it, it, it does have that feel in some sense of, you know, I'm gonna put how how much money and how much resource, i.e., how high up in the draft order. Am I going to have to be to take and feel good about Anthony Richardson? Is that at one? Is that at two? Is that at nine? Is that at 14? To get the potential reward or not from my scratch-off ticket. And I think it's a pretty good you know, analogy in some sense to look at it that way because he's mesmerizing. And I think a great example of Anthony Richardson and, and what makes him so difficult to really – you 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 want to love you want to love him because you watched the Utah game the first game of the year and Utah was the team that went to the Rose Bowl and uh, had a couple guys knock out of hurt in that Rose Bowl I mean they could have won they could have won the Rose Bowl I mean they dominated they beat USC USC was on the cusp of going to the playoff and Utah dominated them that's how good Utah I did was like that that's how good Utah was in 2022 even though Tyler Miller Milner would have told you otherwise either way um, sorry Tyler that was a stray shot I remember what happened this summer either way mm. against Utah. He he has a play, and I'm sure you've seen this. He drops to throw, and he's going to throw, and he kind of pump fakes, and so the, the blitzer jumps up in the air. As he jumps up in the air, Richardson pulls it back down. The blitzer kind of collides with him. He spins out of the, the, the collision and continues running forward and then throws at the back of the end zone. I think it was a two-point play that either put them ahead or gave them a three-point lead or whatever it did, but... You watch him go, what? And he's incredible in that game, Mark. He's running. He's making great throws. Ricky Pearsall's a new receiver for them from Arizona State. He's hitting him on in routes. I mean, he looks great. The next week is Kentucky against Will Levis. Mm. And he throws two back-breaking interceptions. Mm. I mean, back-breaking. And you're just and – he, and he can't generate any offense. And the offensive line was not great, and Kentucky was very, very solid defensively, and they just frustrated him all night. He couldn't do anything. And it wasn't that it was steady against Utah, steady against Kentucky, but he ended up winning one and not the other. It was he was otherworldly against Utah, and he looked like a six-round quarterback in the game against Kentucky. And trying to balance that out, you're like, dang it. And that's the 
That's the concern you have to have. But, but you also know what you have in the building. You know who your coaching staff is. You know how they feel about true. coaching the prospect. Because I think the ultimate hot romance pick in this draft, quarterback-wise, is Richardson. Oh, there's no question. There are coaches Absolutely. who are going to look at him and say, I can work with that. Yes. Look at the way he runs. Look at and the size, the speed, the arm. I can work with him. Him and my offense is going to be electric. It's going to be fantastic. I want to have him. Please, Mr. General Manager, do whatever it takes to get Anthony Richardson. You can imagine coaches feeling that way. Yeah. So here's a tweet from NFL Rookie Watch. Okay. And NFL Rookie Watch can sometimes have some, like, wait, what, what, what was that? They said this. Anthony Richardson is reportedly Frank Reich's quarterback of choice. If the <laughs> first overall one. pick was solely up to him. Oh. Reich is reportedly in love with the upside that Richard Richardson brings to the table and what he can be in two to three years. However, the majority of the rest of the Panthers dot, dot, dot. And you know how that's going to go. And, I, that's, and that's the thing, Mark. You go back to the, the scratch-off analogy. Uh, the lottery ticket. If you were just paying five bucks for that lottery ticket, yeah, okay. I.e., you draft you you draft Anthony Richardson at at number twelve. Yeah, okay. But you have the number twelve pick. You don't want the number twelve pick to fail, and you don't want a quarterback to fail. But think about what the Panthers have invested in this number one overall. Got to get pick. it right. Got to get it right. You have to get it right. And do you want to have one of the two guys that you look at it and go not? Not safer. I don't like to use the word safe. Oh, this guy's a safe pick. It's a safe pick. But I do feel like Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are probably more wound to have success sooner than maybe Anthony does. And, of course, you have Josh Allen. You brought Josh Allen up. If Josh Allen didn't exist, if Josh Allen had come into the league and he just flames out in two or three years, it just doesn't happen for whatever reason. Accuracy just can't rein it in or whatever. Are we talking about Anthony Richardson? Yeah, I brought this up. Yeah, I, and and you, it's a great point. I don't know that teams would be willing to replicate that mess if it happened that way. But Josh Allen has opened everybody's eyes to you have a guy that wants it. You have a guy with supreme athletic ability. You have a coachable guy. And then you have an offensive staff that you can take and mold around that young guy and make that young quarterback much better week after week after week. So I ask you this. Let me ask you this question. Do it. Panthers management, everybody but Frank Reich, win out, and they take C.J. Stroud. Or Bryce Young, either one. But they don't take Richardson. Mm. Richardson is on the board for you at two. Yeah, I probably... How hard... I'll ask you the question this way. How hard is it for you to go, I can't do it. I've yeah. got to go with Stroud or Young or whichever guy they didn't draft. Yeah, because, first of all, I want to know what D'Amico thinks. I want to know what Bobby Slowick thinks, right? Bobby Slowick's got to coach this offense. If right. he's standing on a table saying, I can win with this guy mm -hmm. soon, right. soon. I don't need two, three years. I could probably get it done back half of this year where he's making gigantic plays for this organization. If they feel that way, I got to trust my coaches a little bit here. They look at the tape. They got to coach the guy, right? Mm -hmm. Nick has to make these decisions, and Nick knows what they're going through as coaches. He's been a coach. I mean, he's a smart guy. He understands. Mm -hmm. So they'll make an informed decision. But you're right. It's difficult because of that downside upside thing. The floor is kind of low, the ceiling seems incredibly high. 
where you'll have a safer floor, a higher floor with a C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or Hendon Hooker, who I think we're not talking about enough in this draft. Mm -hmm. It's, again, knee surgery discrimination. And Hendon Hooker, go look at the tape. The throws are incredible, some of them. I know the offense is really good. He's got Hyatt to work with, other receivers who are outstanding. And they scheme incredibly well, that staff. Mm -hmm. But he also makes some tight window throws. He makes some throws on the money. Guys on the run. It, with pressure in his face. He also can run with the rock. Hendon Hooker is as good as any other quarterback in here. He just doesn't have the healthy knee going into the draft. This is what I think. The, the, I want you to think about one thing first. I want you to think about an album that when it was released, it was just kind of, you know, it was good, but it wasn't, you know. It, it, or I should say. Or a movie. It, uh, yeah, a movie or music that was was really, really good, but it didn't get a lot of acclaim. I have one that I'm thinking of, and I'm trying to remember. Sing I have it, it in my head. Start singing. Acapella. Uh, yeah. Female or male. I'll think about it. But I want you to think about that. Think about a movie that you knew was good, but it just wasn't getting the acclaim from people. I have a TV show I can think about. That you knew just wasn't. And then at some point, all of a sudden people were like, huh, that's really, really good. And it just takes off. Like There are a ton of movies like that that get life on cable. They yeah. get life because they've been rerun so many times. Right, right. I'm not sure if Shawshank, I know it was highly regarded critically. I don't think it made much money. You know what? Uh, TV series was Friday Night Lights. Oh, Friday yeah. Night Lights, the TV series, was it was being talked about, but the critics just, the critics, I should say, were good on it, but just they couldn't get people watching it, but the people that watched it loved it. I think that's kind of Hendon Hooker. Mm. He was really, really good in 2022, but because of the ACL... As you talked about, he's kind of been off the, the radar screen. Here's the thing I think the Panthers and the Texans are fighting with in, in, in some respects. The Panthers just got through the Matt Rule years, a couple of years, two, three years. And the Texans have gone through three pretty tough years. So I think for both fan bases and both organizations, okay, we want to win sooner than later. Yeah. And I, you know, nobody wants to go four and thirteen again. But I think there are certain situations in which some teams could look at it and go, hey, we can afford a 4-4-13 and because, well, you know, we've had to release these players. We're kind of resetting where we are. Like, like Tennessee. Could Tennessee afford a 4-4-13 and right now? If, they, if the fans knew and the organization, everybody in the organization kind of knew they were kind of resetting things to get ready for 2024 and beyond, I think they could maybe, after what they've been through now, finishing with a seven-game losing streak. Eh. My point in that is, I think Josh Allen worked to – because the timing. They'd just gone to the playoffs in 2017 with a new coach, Sean McDermott, and a new GM and Brandon Bean. They got to the playoffs. The city of Buffalo was on fire. They were so excited. But I think the fans also knew, look, we know maybe we've got to take a couple of steps back to take five forward. So they go to the playoffs in 17. But what happened in 18? They were like 5-11 and 11 or something like that. Mm. They, they weren't great. They, they took a step back, but they took a step back so that Josh Allen could got to get his legs under him. And so they got to the playoffs. They got the fans excited. They knew they would take a step back as a young quarterback group. But if he's got the ceiling that everybody's talked about, then, man, they're going to be really good. What happened in 2019, they make the playoffs. Yeah. 2020, yes, it's COVID, but they get to the AFC Championship game. And all of a sudden, the Bills are one of the hottest They've teams They've been in at the, the doorstep. So to me, the timing of Josh Allen worked for them. And... Because they had gone to the playoffs. They got fans excited. Yeah, they're going to take a step back, but they're going to take four forward. Unfortunately for, I think, both the Panthers and the Texans, we've taken three, four, five steps backward 
And yes, we could with Anthony Richardson in due time, maybe take six, seven, eight ahead. But after three long years, do we really want to do that? Or do we want to win and be more successful right now? And which guys get us there? I feel like Bryce and CJ get us there. The way I feel about these five quarterbacks is the way I feel about the system. You can win with these guys mm -hmm. in the system the Texans will implement with exactly. Bobby Sloan. Right. What they want to do here offensively, it'll be very quarterback friendly. They'll work to the skills of the quarterback. And then you got to think about that 49er staff going so nuts over Trey Lance. I'm not convinced everybody in the building felt the same way about the investment you had to make draft capital-wise to move up and get Trey Lance. Mm -hmm. But clearly enough people felt like if they had a quarterback who did what he can do, in that system, oh my gosh, it's going to go crazy. But we could still win with Brock Purdy pretty well. Mm -hmm. They went to the NFC Championship game and look at the results. All right, that's going to do it for this segment. Big Sarge covers the Texans. Who is he? You know him, USA Today. He's got stuff on Twitter, Big Sarge Sports with a Z. And we're going to talk to him about what he's seeing coming up to this draft and also get to know him a little bit. Interesting guy. And Garrett Wallow, Drew Doherty, check in. It's all happening on Texans Radio. Keeping it rolling here Friday night on Texans All Access. And as promised, Big Sarge, his name is Brian Bearfield, but he goes by Big Sarge Sports with a Z on Twitter works for USA Today's The Texans Wire, covers the other teams as well. And I'm going to have to break this up in two because we had a nice long visit. It'll be on the Vanderpod. That's right. I'm rebranding the Vandermeer's View podcast to Vanderpod. Details to follow, but that'll be up next week. Let's get to a big chunk of the visit I had with Big Sarge. And we'll start here. Now, he's dealt with a lot in his life. He's been in the military. He's dealt with tragedy. He's overcome a lot of things. He's reinvented himself a couple of times. I'll get into more personal stuff next week and on the Vanderpod. Let's start here. He went to Prairie View, so we started talking about that university. Prairie View, it's interesting to me also because, you know, I've driven by it. I've seen the campus from afar. And I, I keep thinking Houston is getting out there. It's almost becoming an urban school now because yeah. Houston has stretched out. When you went, there was probably the country. And now it feels like it's almost the suburbs. So when I went there, so now you know how you drive up 290, right? You just like, oh, yep. it's just 290. Well, when I went there, it was a such thing as a old 290 and a new 290. <laughs> and so there was, at one point, there was just, you know, two lanes on, on the highway. And so, yeah, it's I, I've seen it. It's amazing because I was out at Prairie View, I want to say a couple of weeks ago. And every time I drive out there, I notice, like you said, more and more is being built up. I remember when you were driving out there and it was just, you know, open land. And now you drive out there and it's strip centers, it's, it's, it's strip mm -hmm. malls, it's outlets. It's And it's getting closer and closer to Prairie View where when I was there, you had to drive into the city. So you have to yep. drive into Cyprus in order to do anything. Now you can basically just drive down the street. Yeah, it's so funny. Big Sarge with us. Brian Bearfield, Big Sarge Sports on Twitter. Sports with a Z. Bubba McDowell, by the way, a Prairie View. And I love yes, Bubba. Great guy. Uh, Go Canes, by the way. But that, that was a great hire for them and a great situation for him, I think, to coach that team. Oh, yes. I got a chance to talk to uh, Coach McDowell a lot this season. And I was I, I understood why he waited so long to take his opportunity because you know he had been offered jobs before he had I think at one point was even offered the preview job but he even said himself that he wasn't ready yet he still mm. needed to put in more time and when the opportunity came back around and I I'm, I'm so happy that preview hired him because he is the right guy for that job he's developed those 
you know, fostered those relationships there. The athletes, they love him. They're willing to do anything for Coach McDowell. And Coach McDowell is willing to do anything for them. I remember one after a practice this past season, a young man was walking off the field and Coach McDowell called him over and he stood there. And so I got a chance to, you know, be within earshot of what they were talking about. So here I am thinking that he's about to talk to this young man about, you know, some things that he's seen during practice and, you know, to help him out as far as gameplay is concerned. Coach McDowell was talking to this young man about life and about what can I do to help? I know you're going through some, some difficult situations right now and, you know, let's push the football aspect to the side. Let's talk about life. How can we help you? Cause how can we help you become better or do better, you know, in this situation? Because if we don't handle this situation, you're not going to be any good for us on the field. And so I just thought like, wow, you know, and, I, and I'm pretty sure that's the story of a lot of coaches, you know, around the country, but just to hear that. And especially when it comes from uh, a coach who has, you know, played at the highest level, you know, he could have, he, he could have said, well, you know, I played in the NFL and, and went that route. But, you know, you could tell that he went to a level to whereas here we are, we're equals. I'm not your coach. I'm not former NFL player. I'm not former whatever, you know, whatever you want to add to my title. I'm just a, a man talking to a young man trying to help him out. Mm. You know, Sarge, that reminds me a little bit of what D'Amico Ryans was saying in his introductory press conference, talking about, wanting the players to be better fathers, husbands, better people, better citizens. And I'd rarely, if ever, heard an NFL coach say that in that context. I'm sure a lot of them believe that, but he came right out there. What was your reaction to that? And let's get into D'Amico Ryan's a little bit, your reaction to him being coach of this franchise. Well, first of all, I was surprised. I never knew that, that Coach Ryan was from Besmer, Alabama. And so when I started <laughs> doing the research, I was like, wait a minute. And so... There's only, and I got a chance to ask him this, uh, you know, there's a couple of people, a couple of famous people from Besmer, Alabama. There's the the hip hop artist, you know, Gucci Mane. There's uh, mm -hmm. James Winston, quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. And I think if I'm not mistaken, um, Bo Jackson is from there. And so now I got a chance to ask coach after his press conference. I was like, coach, who's more famous in, you know, in Besmer, you Oh, Gucci, man. He's like, oh, Gucci by far. And yeah. so, you know, just having those type of, of, of conversations with him from, from the jump. I So I got a chance to watch him play, but I never got a chance to cover the team when he was here. So mm -hmm. everything that I knew about him outside of the research came from his former teammate, Indy Kalu. And so when his name was being brought up as far as being a, a candidate for the head coach coaching position, Indy said, if the Texans hire this guy, they are getting by far one of the best guys. He said, there's not too many times you can call a rookie captain, you know, walking right. into a locker room like that. He said, and he demand he demands that type of presence when he walks into the room. You just want to naturally follow this guy. And so watching Coach Ryan's and, you know, be here and, and in his initial press conference and then talking to him at the NFL scouting combine, I know that the Houston Texans picked the right man for the job. And I didn't even know he could play basketball. He, he hit the first shot the other night at the Houston Rockets game. And Mark, before they could even finish announcing who he was, he walked up there, bam, hit the shot. It was like, I'm done. And so that's the type of guy that the Houston Texans are getting. It's like, hey, let's just get the job done. 
Yeah, I think his form is a little bit better than Lovey Smith's was during the Pat McAfee show free throw. But I got to give Lovey a lot of credit for that as well. But D'Amico in front of a big crowd. So you could say more pressure at Toyota Center than on the Pat McAfee show. Although who knows? But I like it that the last two coaches here have a free throw shooting ability. That's very nice. Sarge, (laughs) tell me your thoughts on the draft. Everybody asks me. I know they're asking you. They're asking everybody who has anything to do with this organization. So what do you think at number two? And then maybe a little bit about number 12 as well. So I don't think that the Texans can go wrong by drafting a quarterback at number two. And whether that be C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to throw a little, you know, a little wrinkle into it. I, I wouldn't mind if the Houston Texans selected Anthony Richardson. I know that here's a young man that is going to need some coaching to hone his skills, but like he's just a natural athlete and watching him. And I'm saying, if you get the right coaching and especially with, with, you know, new office coordinator, Bobby Sloat coming from that San Francisco 49ers organization and the way that they run that offense, I think that he would fit perfect with the Houston Texans, but they definitely have to take a quarterback. And I don't want, you know, this isn't a, a shot at, at Davis Mills, but it's just time to upgrade that position. And when you look at the two quarterbacks that's coming out of the draft, the, the one and two who people are saying in CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, they're just a natural upgrade from what the Houston Texans have right now. At the number 12 position, I the Texans have to also take a wide receiver. They have to strengthen that wide receiver group. They don't know what's going to happen. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with John Mechie coming back, recovering from, you know, what he was diagnosed with going through the radiation and the chemotherapy. You know, we don't know what type of season Nico Collins is going to have. They lost Brandon Cooks. I know they brought in Noah Brown, but they have to take a wide receiver. And the reason why I say that is because that naturally puts that quarterback wide receiver combination and they can grow together here you have two rookies coming in that could be the cornerstone of your offense and say okay we're going to grow together so let's make our mistakes together in our first year and by year three they should be on the same page kind of like what you know Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase is for the Cincinnati Bengals so definitely I see quarterback at number two and wide receiver at number 12. Yeah, and if Mechie comes back strong and they do that, they could all of a sudden have a tremendous group at receiver. So we'll see how they play it. Uh, Sarge, you watch the team as a fan. Now you're a member of the media. Do you have a favorite all-time Texan or two? Give me a couple of guys who have played in this organization. Maybe they're still here, but that have been favorites of yours personally. Oh, what you mean outside of uh, my my best friend, Indy Kalu? <laughs> yeah, well, of course, Indy Kalu's number one, and number yeah. one for me, too. Yeah. Sorry, Indy. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> so uh, I, I will say this. Jonathan Joseph mm. is by far one of my favorite Texans to ever play here. And, and you know, not just with his play on the field. Jonathan was always is, is always a guy who's open to have a conversation with you no matter what. I remember, you know, walking into the locker room sometimes, you know, after practice and Jonathan and I would be talking about his son, you know, playing football up in South Carolina or you know, I think his daughter that was playing soccer at the time. Mm-hmm. And so he was always one of the guys that was very open and receptive to me. And it's funny because the guy that he calls his little brother in Jadavion County was also a guy that I like talking to a lot, you know, and I like watching them play, yeah. but those two guys were, you know, they stood out for me as Texans. Um, Justin Reed was always a, you know, a very good guy that, mm-hmm. that I could talk to. And um, it's just, 
you know, it, it, it's a lot of, it's a lot of players, like even, even some of the players right now, you know, Jonathan Grenard, I, I really like talking to him. And I will say this, the person who's becoming my all time favorite, and even though he's only played one season with the Houston Texans is Damian Pierce. And yeah. I like Damian Pierce because of his story. And I like the fact that he doesn't change. He didn't come in and try to change his dialect. He didn't try to, you know, come in here and speak a different type of way. He's just who he is. And that's what I love about him. And, you know, when we were at the combine, I was talking to some of his former teammates and they was like, you know, Damien's going to be Damien, regardless of where he is. He said, you're always going to get a young man. He's going to work hard for you. He's going to give you his all. And you know where he stands from the beginning. And so not only with his work ethic and what he's did, what he's done on the field, but just him as overall person. I love that. Yeah. Whenever he speaks, I smile. No question about that. <laughs> Sarge, thanks so much for being with us. We really appreciate the time. It's been a fun visit. All right. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. There's our visit with Brian Bearfield. Big Sarge. Big Sarge Sports on Twitter. Sports with a Z. Works for USA Today's The Texans Wire and covers all the teams. But, of course, the Texans were the one we're most interested in. And more of that visit is coming up next week on the show and on the Vanderpod podcast. So stay tuned for details on that. And stay tuned for details on Garrett Wallow as Drew Doherty checks in with him at an elementary school. We'll tell you the story. It's coming up next here on Texans Radio. Final segment on tonight's show, and it's a good one as we go out and about in the community. Drew Doherty at Shern Elementary, where the Texans and Toro were getting kids super hyped and focused on the star test. Man, that is one of those things you just have to get ready for as a youngster in the Texas schools. Well, one of the elements of the program is let's bring a player or two out there, and Drew visits with Garrett Wallow here. Garrett, part of that 2021 draft class from TCU. Big year for him. Year three is always a huge year for NFL players. So let's check in with those two. Linebacker Garrett Wallow here at Shern Elementary. What's going on? School day. What yeah. are you doing, man? Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually here as a special guest. Really, Toro is a special one, but I'm here to kind of, you know, emphasize how important it is for these uh, kids to prepare and uh, go into testing coming up, uh, especially at a young age, and kind of just motivate them and, and really to see how, how happy they are uh, out there. I can already hear them screaming now. I know it's always it's, that's a good feeling. You hear those scream. Normally you hear oh, children yeah. screaming. That's that's kind of bad. But the <laughs> ones we're hearing are good. You know he's been doing this for a while, yeah. getting kids ready for this test all over the city, all over the region. How much fun is it though, just getting out and interacting with children these days? Right, uh, it's, it's definitely a good experience. You know, especially coming across kids, you get to see all the personalities, um, all the young personalities at that. You kind of you know puts me back in their shoes when you were uh, in these same hallways, just in probably different different areas. But you know it's always good. Uh, just to see the smile of those kids, really. You know, you never know where they come from. You never know their backgrounds, really. So, you know, this moment for them could be very special for them. And um, that's why I try to make it special for them as well when I come. A few years ago, you were a really good test taker. You, you aced the 40, the three-cone, oh, yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> what, were you, what were you like when you were taking these, man? Uh, Same man, thing? Honestly, uh, it's, it's kind of different for me. I wasn't always the best test taker. I just, like, did all my work. So I had to get tutored. Uh, for these tests in order to score well because I always just like when I got to these tests I got real nervous yeah, yeah and so um, with a little bit of guidance a little bit of help it definitely helped me succeed but yeah like I said I, I, was, I wasn't always the best test taker but 
So I, I know how these tests go. They're, they're, not, they're not the easiest. You took the tests that mattered and you aced those. Okay, let's talk a little yeah, football. How are you these days? What's going on? How's this offseason been for you football-wise? Yeah, it's been good. Uh, a lot of it just been a lot of rehabbing. My ankle had surgery this offseason in January. So I think coming up maybe on a month or two months maybe possibly. Uh, we're in April. Yeah, so just coming up about two or three months. But it's, it's all been good, honestly, just taking it day by day. Um, honestly, preparing my mentally, preparing myself mentally and physically for this uh, upcoming season and, you know, hope to have the best one I had yet. I was going to say, when you're not able to do the physical stuff mentally, though, after having seen it the last season or two in the off season, how much easier is it for you? How much more are you gaining on the mental side when you look at things like that? Right. You know, I could just, you know, tell myself definitely transforming from my, from my first year. Um, I think different. I know the business a little bit more. I know how things operate more. So, you know, I kind of just prepared myself uh, mentally uh, to succeed at this level, to succeed at this game. Um, you know, also, and just like I know I want to be out there physically right now, but right now I have to take it slow for V. So for me, uh, I had to just, you know, constantly tell myself, be patient. Your time's coming to, to ramp it up when you want to. And you want to be the, the healthiest that you can when, you, when, that's, when that comes. So just honestly, just being patient has been really the, the only key to this offseason for me. Hey, we haven't talked to you since the news came down, but former Texans linebacker is now your head coach. How cool yeah. is that? How much have you uh, been invigorated about what you've seen with the D'Amico Ryan's hiring? Yeah, I mean, I think we're all excited uh, to have a guy that's been in our shoes, um, a guy who's young, has a lot of energy. I met him the other day, and you, you could just feel the energy. You know, you could just feel the type of guy he is. So um, I think we're all just excited, especially myself, to get to learn from him and get to play for him and get to lay on the line for him. And I'm guessing over the last few years, you've, you've looked around the league and you've seen what that defense has done. That's got to be pretty exciting too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know for me personally, you know, I look up to watching the 49ers linebacker. So, you know, they're a good linebacking group from the past and D'Amico, been coached by D'Amico. So having him come in, I mean, it's very exciting because you could just get co be coached by the best, in my opinion. Um, so I'm definitely ready to learn from him. Off the field, it's been a big time yeah. off season for you. Tell us what went down. Yeah, I just got married to my beautiful wife. Uh, she's my better half. Don't let nobody tell you different. Uh, but, you know, that was, that's really been my, my offseason is helping her uh, plan everything out. Um, I actually just bought a house in Dallas. Congratulations. So, yeah, that's, it's just been a lot going on. I took a, a, a trip for our honeymoon out the country. So, man, it's just been kind of like a nonstop whirlwind. But things are starting to slow down a little bit now. So getting things prepared in our home and just, just trying to make everything just in, about family, really. Where was the honeymoon? Uh, in Bora Bora. Yeah, wow. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was it was breathtaking for sure. That's a bucket list place, man. Oh yeah, that's it's kind of been a dream of mine since uh, I was in high school. So, you know, I had the ability to make it happen. So we did. Bora Bora, Garrett Wallow. <laughs> thanks for the time. Have fun in there with the kiddos, and we'll see you again real soon. I appreciate you. There's Drew Doherty with Garrett Wallow at Shern Elementary for the Star Test kickoff, and all of that great community work the Texans do highlighted on the Texans app and HoustonTexans.com, so check it out. Thanks a lot to Brian Bearfield, Big Sarge, for being on the show tonight. And Johnny and I had a lot of fun kicking it around with the quarterback evaluation of this year's draft class. The draft is coming up less than three weeks now. Miller Outdoor Theater info on HoustonTexans.com for that. Don't forget to catch Texans 360 Saturday night, ABC 13 at 11 o'clock. Plenty of great content on there for you to digest. Have a great day, everyone. Go Texans.